Today I want to talk about the real pandemic. Okay, good. The real <laughs> pandemic. Let's go ahead and let's get flagged. <laughs> Might go to court for this one. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Appreciate that. Can't pay you back now. But um, the real pandemic. Um, so this series is about encouraging you to be bold in your prayer life. And um, to not hold back when it comes to your request. Um, and I think that the songs we sung today were so powerful, um, particularly that second one, because before you ask God for anything, you have to know that he loves you. Yes. And so um, if you need it, that, that song is Elevation Worship, and it's called The One You Love. So take it home, play it, put it on repeat like I do. Blast it and, and just cry your heart out. It's, it's amazing. And um, yeah, and so great stuff. Got to play that every day, multiple times a day. It, it just really builds up the soul. Um, but great series, Faith Builder. And um, let me give you context before we read the verse. So there is a king. His name is Ahaz, and he's found in the book of Isaiah. We're going to open it up here in a second. And um, He's the king of Israel, or Judah, one of the two. I'm getting my two mixed up. But he's a king, and there are two kings that are in an alliance against him. And so he's fearful, and he's afraid. And God is saying, like, their attack is going to come to nothing, so don't even worry about them. So I'm going to take care of it. I just need you to do something in order for me to move. Right, right, right. Uh, and I need you to verbalize it. Um, I need you to take this act of faith, this step of faith, which is prayer. And after you do that, I'm going to take care of them. But if you don't pray, I won't move. And so we're going to open it up here in the scripture. And this is where the title of the series comes from. Isaiah 7 says this. God spoke again to Ahaz through Isaiah. This time he said, ask for a sign from your God. I want y'all to say this when I get there. Here it is. Ask anything. anything. Be extravagant. Ask for the moon. That's right. That's right. So God is saying like, I want you to ask for anything. Someone say anything. Anything. Ask for a sign. Be extravagant. Title of the series, Ask for the Moon. I don't know about you, but I'm already excited about this the next few weeks because um, I, I know for a fact that we, we limit God in our thinking. And God is straight up telling Ahaz, look, bro, I'm ready to go. But I don't know if you ready to go. I see heaven. Um, there's a part of heaven that I believe there's this unemployment line. And it's like billions of angels. And they're like. Dang, I've been here 100 years. They're just ready to go. 
And so here's Ahaz, and I don't, I don't really fully understand why he won't step out and, and ask, but Ahaz says this in verse 12. It says this here, but Ahaz said, I never do that. I never make demands like that on God. Verse 13 says this. So Isaiah told him, then listen to this government of David. It's bad enough you make people tired with your pious, timid hypocrisies. Which are, in other other words, your religion. Right? With your, you know, your check boxes. You know, you you show up to church. But you don't have faith. You, you show up, but you don't really trust God. He said, you're making people tired because your, your leadership sucks, is what Isaiah is saying. God is saying this through Isaiah. But now, someone say, but now, you're making God tired. How are you making God tired when you haven't asked him to do nothing? Because God want to do something. So God's like, and when when our prayers are just, you know, Lord, bless the food in Jesus' name. Lord, just help me have a great day at work today. Just help me make it through another day. The Bible says you're making God tired. God's like, I'm ready to. I'm ready to take the moon out of its orbit, put it in your hand, and then take it away because it can't stay there and put it back. <laughs> That's what God's saying. I'm ready to do, do that. And I just think part of the issue is that we've gotten too smart for our own good. Like, as like, I don't want to make God tired. I think it's pride, maybe. I'll handle it. But no, then maybe if we're more gracious, maybe Ahaz, Ahaz is dealing with a bit of anxiety, right? We all at a certain level battle with anxiety, this severe or sudden fear or unease or worry. Given the situation, I mean, he is outnumbered. Right. He's outnumbered. The resource isn't there. Yeah. Um, the numbers don't line up. Uh, the, the deck is stacked against him. Right. The odds are against him. Um, he could also be battling with a, a bit of depression. His mood is off, mm-hmm. right? You know, we, we, can agree, we, can, we can relate, right? Yeah. The mood's off, so it's affecting the way he's thinking. Yeah. It's definitely affecting the way he's speaking, yes. which yes. creates everything yes. in your life. Everything. Your words create your world. That's right, that's right. And it's definitely affecting the way he's acting. So you can almost see the king, he's in this kind of downward, depressed, fearful posture. And he's like, preacher, I hear you. Man with the gold shirt, I hear you. But I'm not going to make demands on God like that. Like I'm I'm just good to get through this Sunday. But there's an issue with that because God told him to. So now if he doesn't, he's in sin. Right. See, we think sin is just the black and white stuff. Like, I go down there sleeping around, getting drunk, 
lying. No, no. Sometimes sin is God saying, ask me for the impossible. But we make every excuse not to. And that's when we miss, miss the mark, which is, which is sin. And so I believe this. I believe Ahaz is dealing with a can't spirit. And there's a spirit of you can't or you won't or you won't overcome that's currently in the palace. And it's found a comfortable place in the king's mentality. And, and so this is what we can identify. And, and you guys can go to the, you know, you can read and go to the doctor's office, do everything you need to do. We all need to do. But I'm going to just make this clear because when I was studying, the Holy Spirit says this is at the root of anxiety and depression. This is really what it boils down to. OK, can't is at the root of anxiety and depression. It's a can't spirit. It's a can't spirit. And it's at the root. And it haunts us. You can't do that. You can't become that. You can't make it through this. You can't overcome this. And so it causes a fear. Your child can't come to Christ. Your husband can't come to God. You'll never, it's a, it's a, and it causes a fear and an unease. And, and so when God is trying to push us a little bit to make a change, there's a, and it's a can't spirit. Or when God says, I know it's cold and I know it's cloudy, but lift your head. Let's get out of that bed. Let's, let's get to the gym. Let's open the word. Let's call that friend. Let's, let's go take an adventure. The spirit of can't says lay down. You can't. You can't. It's at the root of it. So, and when you have can't deep in the soul, that produces anxiety and sometimes depression. That brings forth what the real pandemic is and has been since the beginning of time with majority of humans. The real pandemic is small thinking. I can't. I'm fearful. I'm down. This is just who I am. And so the enemy has has convinced you that you're a depressed person. And life never works for me. And God never hears my prayers like he hears theirs. And so can't will shrink your ability to think and to uh, and to pray big. And, and we all deal with it, but I, I want to help you find some victory and some freedom. But I, I'm, this is the real pandemic, small, small thinking. And this has been since Adam and Eve. All the other ones are short-lived. They have nothing, <laughs> they have nothing on small thinking. Right, all right, so God created Adam, put him in the garden. He brought Eve, and he said, you can eat all of this. Like, you can do all of this. Have whatever you want. Pray whatever you want to pray. Believe for whatever you want to believe for. You can have all this, except you can't have that one tree. And here it is. 
they got focused on can't. They got focused and locked on can't. And when they engaged and agreed with can't, that's when their world became small. They agreed with can't. And so small thinking says this. Okay, write these down. Small thinking says you won't. You can't. You will never. You won't. You can't. You will never. Small thinking also says this. This is when it gets real dirty. Small thinking says God won't. God can't. God will never. Not for you. Do you know where you're from? Do you know who you are? Do you know your family lineage? Do you know the color of your skin? Do you know your your socioeconomic status? God won't ever. Don't even think about it. Don't eat Ahaz. You're done. They're coming. Don't don't even. And so now it's in his now it's in his language. God said, ask. I will never make demands on God like that. Because. He's infected with small thinking. So let me help us define it. Small thinking is this. It's not considering what God is capable of. That's small thinking. It's not considering when you look at your situation, whatever you're, whatever you're going through, we're all going through something. I, I am not decisively winning in every area of my life. There's, there's a handful of things right now that I'm, I'm here and it, they're here. They're giants. But small thinking will tell me that these, these giants are going to take me out. And I won't make it into 2023. If I do, I'm going to be weak and battered and bitter. Small thinking will have you only thinking about what you can do. That's right. That's right. Yep. It'll have you looking horizontal, like what can they do for me? Well, they're limited. They got battles too. What, what can this extra income do for me? Well, it runs out if you don't manage it well. Small thinking is not considering what God is capable of. And so Ahaz saw these giants and he's like, man, whew, that's too much. And, and now an entire kingdom is about to be lost because of small thinking. Here's some symptoms of small thinking. Then I'm going to help us break free. Okay. Number one, let you know if you're in, infected with small thinking. When you find yourself constantly complaining. Right. Why me? Why this? Uh, small thinking. You gossip. We, we all slip into it a little bit here and there. I think it's natural to talk about someone else when they're not around. But gossip is perpetual. Yeah. 
And that's just what you do, and it, it's who you've become. You, you talk about people when they're not around instead of addressing them face-to-face. And you tear them down. That's small thinking. Uh, doubt. Persistent doubt. Everything in your life is a maybe, or if, or okay, or maybe, or I might. You, you're not, we're not consistent, we're not firm. You know, and there, there's actually, if you read the verse further down, God tells Ahaz, you have to stand firm. Wow. I can't make you stand firm. Mm, so not even God can make you stand firm in what it is that he's calling you to overcome. He needs you to make that step yes, first. Yes, yes. Right. But doubt is small thinking. Um, so Peter got out the boat. He walked on water. We celebrate it. None of us ever have. I can't talk down on them for that. But <laughs> what I can say is he looked at the waves, which is where the word doubt comes from. Jesus created a word called doubt, which means to waver. He stepped out of the boat. He took his eyes off the Lord. He looked at the waves of life and he sunk. Thank God Jesus was there because Peter didn't know how to swim. He lifted him up. And the first thing he asked him is, why did you doubt? Wow. So if you're consistently doubting, small thinking, apathy. Uh. Do I got to go to church? Wake up early for everything else. Wake up early for everything else. All of a sudden, you're tired on Sunday morning? And then we pray. God, please help me. God. Hold on, hold on. When I was looking for you, you weren't, you didn't want to be there. Now, now you want a job, an opportunity, a husband, a wife? You want to raise? You didn't even want to be in the house. Now you. Yeah. It's bad. It's terrible. We just traveled not too long ago to. Um, we flew. Lord, help us. Just, just, just. And I, I hold my tongue when I'm certain places. But I do feel the Holy Spirit starting to tell me, you need to start just letting them know what it is. Because he reminded me once I got on the plane, I was so upset. I think it was righteous indignation. It wasn't anger. It was Jesus had righteous indignation. Like he was, he was angry about the right things. Right? And, and the Lord said, you need to start speaking up. Don't be a floor mat. Because when you speak, people shift. And so we, our flight attendant, the whole TSA, the check-in staff, it was like they were all in agreement that it was going to be a jerk day. Y'all ain't here at 1045. Y'all, y'all got on your church faces today. That's good. Mm-hmm. Put your bag on the thing, please. Just take it over there. Have a good flight. I'm done. And if America thinks it's still going to be the greatest country in the world, 
Satan is unraveling us with apathy, with a lack of passion. Come on, put your hands together for this. Just like, okay. A stronger nation will rise up. We're not grateful. We're not excellent. God's going to take it away. And, and, and so we also hit a, uh, we went on a naval ship and um, this naval ship performed in uh, World War Two. And the level of detail and the hard work, there's a reason they call that generation the greatest generation of all time. Because they're fighting for something. There's no time for apathy. They're building something great. Now, we're we're the we're the beneficiaries of what they built. And so. uh Nations have uh, trends and cycles where it's pioneering, building, you know, you're at the apex, you know, you're at the top and then it's decadence and comfort. And before you know it, it goes down. We're right there between decadence and comfort. And you see it. It's a societal problem now that when when we are to engage with other humans, it's just like another eh, small thinking. Someone say small thinking. I'll tell you what small thing it is, is when do I get off work? Can I show up late? Can I get off early? Someone say small thinking. Jealousy. You're plagued by small thinking. If, If you're finding yourself trapped by wanting someone else's something that God promised them, meaning... Even if you got a hold of it, it slipped through your hand. Because <laughs> it's meant for them. Jealousy is small thinking. Unhealthy comparison. Wow, look how far they are. Small thinking. I love, um, I love my seven-year-old so much. Obviously, he's my son. What I love about this kid is that, um, and I I pray he stays like this. I believe he has the gift of faith. We're going to teach about the gifts of the Spirit in a few months. Um, But I've seen this work for three years now. It just works for him. And it's not any hocus pocus or uh, manifestations. No, this kid loves Jesus. He prays to him and it happens. Right. And I pray that he keeps that pure as he gets older. It's not a religious thing for him. He'll tell you when he don't want to go to church. It's about him and Jesus. Right. So he started praying a few months back because he has this love for Formula One race cars. And um, so you got to order these things from Europe and China and, and they take forever to get here and they're expensive. And so um, he started a little bit before his birthday, I think September or um, August of last year. And we're like, Judah, we can't even find these things. And so we, we just started to, well, sorry, they're broken. We just started to get him these things. And so he has this dream of owning like 40 of them. And we're like, Judah, you just got two. All right, wait until Christmas, you know, Christmas, birthday, Christmas, birthday. So twice a year, we'll get you a car or two, okay? And in every conversation, it's seasoned with F1 this. Judah, what you want for dinner? I want to be an F1 driver. 
What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Judy got baseball practice today. Great. Did you pack my F1 toys? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to have 40 of them, Dad. And so it went from that oh as he's praying. <laughs> this one's awesome. All right, so Judah, you just got this one, okay? No more for the next three months. But I want 40, Dad. I'm going to have 40. I'm going to have it before my birthday next year. And he said, tell the church about this one, Dad. He said, tell them that you and mom said it was going to take a month to get here. And I said it was going to take seven days. And it took seven days. And it got here on the seventh day. It said a month. It got here in a week. And for whatever reason, as he prays, they're getting bigger. He's searching them, and he sends them to us. And for whatever reason, my finger's like, expiration in CVV. It's like, let go of my finger, Lord. And so he just got, so he was waiting for um, one for a long time, because from China. And um, let's keep moving. And... Um, <laughs> Keep moving. Okay, thank you. All right. So he, he and, and so the brother, watch this. He was waiting for that long one. Got these two. One day, got this one two days later. Grandma comes in town. That's not his problem. And then he gets this one the next day after he gets this one. Oh, this faith thing is real. And so now I'm benefiting and I'm enjoying his faith. So I'm outside every day. Man, this is fun. And he, he doesn't deal with small thinking. Yeah. And as a parent, I have to protect that. Yeah. So I got to watch how I'm talking in the car, yeah. how I'm talking about the church, yes. how I'm talking about yes. finances. And I have to make sure that everything he hears out of our mouth yeah. is faith. Yes. Because God, God is looking for that. Yes. Guys, I'm, I'm serious about this. Yes. The Bible says that it is impossible to please God without faith. So we can come to church. But if you're not in, if you're in here and you don't have faith, you're wasting your time. Listen, I care, but I don't care about, to an extent, what you're up against. Because God is trying to do something greater beyond that. And, 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 and come on, we can, we can celebrate that. He, he's trying to, but he needs your faith. 
And yes, we lose loved ones and we, and we lose jobs and we got to cry and we got to heal and we lose opportunities and we lose relationships. But, but there, there, there has to be something in us that, that, that says, man, I'm not going to be bogged down by small thinking. So let me help us break small thinking over our lives. Number one, we got to renew, renew your mind. Renew your mind. Amen. And so in 2011, this was a year or so before the Lord called me into ministry. We were driving by this huge church in Orlando. And um, the Holy Spirit whispered to who was then my friend. Um, he whispered to you again. He said, bigger than. Bigger than. And you looked at that church and you said, bigger than. And he said, bigger than. And I didn't know it. You wouldn't tell me until a year and a half later after I said yes to the call. But once you told me about how big God wanted to, to do this thing called Highlight Church, my thinking had to change. Yes, absolutely. My, my thinking had to change. Absolutely. Because I have an amazing family, phenomenal family, faithful family. My mom is great. My dad is great. Wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. But I had never conceived anything that big in my life. And in order for us to step into something that big, if not bigger, my thinking had to mature. Simply put, God can't fit big vision into a small mind. He can't fit big vision into a complainer. He won't. He'll skip them. He can't fit big vision into a jealous person, into an apathetic person. He's saying Ahaz asked for the moon, but Ahaz has no passion. He can't fit. So, so the thinking has to change. The Bible says, for as a man thinks, so is he. So simply put, your thinking drives your life. I know this to be true. Um, at the 1230, almost every Sunday, halfway through my message, I start thinking about a large fry no saw. <laughs> the golden arches. And I'm like, Josh, you have to finish this message. You got to get him to Christ so you can get in the car. And I'm thinking and y'all cleaning up and tearing down. And I'm hey, y'all love you. Oh, praise God. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm like, get me to my car. And I'm thinking about McDonald's and, and my, my foot in the, in the steering wheel just finds its way to the McDonald's by the Asian market off Frederick. And, and let me tell you, that McDonald's never fails. We say his love never fails. But that McDonald's never fails. His love never fails because that McDonald's is there. But your thinking drives your life. And in every season, my wife and I, we're, we're you know, there, and we, we've noticed in marriage there are these up seasons. And you all would know if you've been married any. And then there's these down seasons. And it's in the down seasons where we have to shift our thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Because the Bible says that a good man yeah. leaves an inheritance for his kids' kids. Yes. The enemy knows this. Yes. 
So it's in the down seasons where he's trying to get us stuck in small thinking. Yes. Because God is a generational God, so is the enemy. Mm-hmm. So we got to shift our thinking so we can keep moving so that we can step into this generational blessing and this inheritance that we're trying to pass down. Not just finances, but the spiritual inheritance that we want to pass down to our grandchildren right. and our great-grandchildren. Simply ask yourself this, do I think like God? Key question. Do I think like God? Have you asked yourself that before? It's a big time question. God does think. Currently, what you're up against. Are you thinking like you? Are you thinking like God? And the difference is, is that God has given you a measure of faith. So you can only process it to a certain extent until you either move forward or become discouraged. But God has perfect faith. And God knows that you can overcome it. As a matter of fact, he's promised that you will. But I got to start to ask myself, am I thinking like God when it comes to this situation. Now, here's the good news, and you may not know this, but it's my job to help you understand and to teach you this. This is the good news for the Christian, all right? The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 2. It says, for we have the mind of Christ. That's right, that's right. So you already have the mind. You may not be thinking like Christ, but you have the mind of Christ. When you come to Jesus and you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the mind of God. So you have the ability to think like God. Right? But there's a process, watch this, of formation. And that's your responsibility. You have to be willing to engage the Holy Spirit... And allow him to form the way you think. Think about it. When we, when we, you know, we will buy something and we have to assemble it and form it, right? right. Simply means that everything has its proper place. Mm-hmm. My thoughts, in conjunction with the thoughts of God, have a proper place. Come on, come on. And what it is, though, is we've been trained, and it's a habit now, to live our life based on our thoughts. Right, 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 right. Come on. Ask. That's a word, boy. (sighs) Ahaz asked for anything. Be extravagant. Why would God request that of Ahaz? Because God knows that nothing is impossible. But Ahaz has been thinking like Ahaz all of his life. And when the pressure is on, we revert to comfort. Yes, yes, yes. Which is what we know. Yes. Which is to think like we think and do what we've always done. But there's a formation that needs to take place. And the Bible actually says this in uh, Romans. Pull it on up. It says this. It needs to be formed. It says in Romans, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. There's a reason why those kings had an alliance. Mm. Mm. It's because they weren't dependent on him. Jesus, right. come on. 
They were depending on man. Yes, yes. And God said, that's their problem right there. They're already outnumbered because they're not coming to me. They're coming to each other. They're thinking like the world system. All right. But let God transform you into a new person. How does he do it, though? How does he transform you into a new person? By changing the way you think. Then someone say then, then you will learn. It's a learning process to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing and perfect. So. I think we all need to think about how we think. And we need to evaluate our thoughts. And we need to ask ourselves, are they in the proper place in our lives? Am I limiting my life? Or is God not wanting me to be somewhere? No, no, no. The mirror. It's the way I think. That's good. It's the way my father thought. Wow. It's the way my mother thought. It's the way my grand. If you would sit down with your mom, you know, if she's around, dad, if he's around, and you would begin to kind of unfold and unravel family history, mm-hmm. you'd see where there's trains of thought that have been passed down for generations. Yes, and you're operating just like them. Yeah. And maybe they had religion, pious timid hypocrisy that was rooted in denominational strongholds but they didn't have the mind of Christ and they didn't operate in the mind of Christ and so you renew your mind by getting into this word and and anytime you read it you allow it to be a mirror Jason you can come on up you allow it to be a mirror And you say, wow, that's how I've been. Mm -hmm. But this is how God thinks. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to replace how I think Mm -hmm. with how he thinks. And then I'm going to put it into practice. Your mind has to be reformed. This is why a lot of people come to Christ and there's still perpetual defeat and weakness. And, 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 and we self-sabotage because we've come to Christ. You're, when you die, you're going to heaven. Heaven is your home. But you're wondering, how does this almighty, powerful God, Jesus, in my heart, in my life, but there's no difference? Because you haven't yet aligned your mind with his mind. That's right. So in order to break small thinking, you have to renew your mind. Number two, I want to encourage you to replace replace lids with life verses. Replace lids with, and I can't wait to get into week two. All of this is going to make sense next week, but just flow with me. I'm going to tell you why you can build your life on this thing. This book. 
replace lids with life verses. So the inception of this series was 2019, October. And really, this series is about getting you to pray crazy, like big, like whatever you want to pray it now during resurrection season. Go big. Don't be ashamed about it. Even if God don't do it, just ask for the moon. And so in 2019, uh, it was asked for the moon. It was, it was, uh, we were turning, uh, we were turning three years old. So it was, it was the, uh, you know, the church's series. And so, um, the Lord, once again, I always do your wife. Y'all need to get a good wife. The Lord be speaking to him. The Lord be speaking to him. Uh, gentlemen, fellas, get a good one. And my ladies who in here walking with the Lord, you single, you, God is preparing you to speak to that man because he needs you because we, we crazy and we confused. Amen. Y'all, y'all are everything to us. Like, we need you. We, we, you know. So praise the Lord. Be secure about that. Wait on him. You, you, anyway, not February. Okay. <laughs> so you said you were tempted to pray for health and safety and normal things. The Holy Spirit told you, don't pray for that. I got that. Yeah, it's, good. it's like, Judah, you want a happy meal? I got that. Like, <laughs> pray for it. Pray for something bigger. Okay. That's what God is saying. You feel me? All right. So he said, don't pray for that. He said, pray for a permanent location for the church. This was 2019 October. Because what we didn't know is what he knew. He knew that five months later, yes. Satan was going to close down forever yep. over 4,000 churches in America. Wow. And that that was going to pl- plunge society into a battle with depression and isolation. Yeah. But God, for whatever reason, safeguarded our church. Yeah. And so we signed the lease December 2019. And we were able to to go online simply because during Ask for the Moon, you asked for something that in that moment, we did not have the finances to sign the lease nor renovate. But you asked for it before we even had the resource because he told you to. Ahaz asked for anything. I won't make demands on God like that. So God said, I'm going to give you a sign anyway. Because God can't disobey himself. He's all righteous. He's everything we are not. Right? He said, I'm going to give you a sign anyway. You know, you know the sign he gave him. And how far away that sign was to come. Ahaz didn't even see the sign because he wouldn't ask for it. He said, I'm going to give you a sign anyway. He said... And the virgin shall conceive a child. 700 years later, he said, Ahaz, because you didn't even ask, you won't even see it. And then he went deeper. He said, and when the boy is 12 years old, the two kings you're worried about, their cities and their nations won't even exist. What are you not asking God? Let's not, let's not miss out. 
Let's not miss out. This is a season. This is a season where God is bringing dead things back to life. You better ask. You better ask. You better ask. He's ready. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. Stop asking God. Bless the food. Bless the way to bless the hands that prepared it. In Jesus' name. Lord, we get on this flight. Get me to this city. Turbulent. Stop. That's big. Get you some life verses, though. Okay, so anyway. I'm going to get us out of here. I held the last service over. I, I promise we'll be done in five minutes, but I got to give this to you. Okay. Um, Jesus said this. Here it is, Matthew. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, put them into practice. And put them into practice. It's like a wise man, man who built his house on the rock. Don't just hear these words. Do them. He says this. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. So, so there, there were lids that when, when we stepped out to plant this church, lids. Someone told me, you're going to need $100,000 to start Highlight Church. I looked at my account. I said, I'm about 95000 off. Then I got to pay to get this 501c3. All right, so, and then, and then um, someone said, you need 30 people to move with you to Maryland. I only had seven and two boys. Someone said, someone I love dearly, they're easily in my top four or five people I love in this world. They said, don't you know that churches are closing down all the time? Lids, lids, lids. A lack of acknowledgement of your potential is a lid too. You're looking for affirmation from certain people. They're never going to give it. And, and it's, it's, it's caused you to have small thinking. When we left our previous church, we left honorably. No beef. It was all good. I just told my campus pastor, God is calling us to step out to start a church. And, and so I remember that last Sunday, he brought me on stage in front of hundreds of people. And he said, Joshua and Kyra just had a new baby. We love Judah. He's, he's, he's beautiful. Jay's awesome. Jay's gotten so big over the past few years around here. He said this. He said, guys, let's be praying for Joshua. Um, their family's moving on to the next season of their life. Watch this. He said, Joshua's going back to the hospital. Didn't even acknowledge that we were moving on to start a new church. He missed the opportunity to, to bless and to be blessed. Lack of acknowledgement, no resources, churches. Are, you get all these you can't do, you won't do. They're not for you. That's the devil. Lids, 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 right? We all deal with lids, lids, lids. You, you'll never, you'll never, you can't. God will never. Lid, lid. But what they don't know is I got a life verse. I got life verses. They don't know I got the word of God. And when he says it, I'm going to go do it. You need life verses. What are life verses? Here it is. Let me get you out of here. Scriptures, write this down, that you build your life on. Scriptures that you build your life on. But if you don't believe this is the word of God, it won't work for you. 
This is what God says about this word. He says this here in Isaiah. Watch this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. God is serious about this. Verse 9 says this. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Watch this. This is the promise. Verse 10. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Verse 11 in conclusion. It is the same with my word. He sent this thing into the world from heaven. I send it out and it always produces fruit. And it will accomplish all that I want it to. It will prosper everywhere I send it. You you need a life verse. I'm going to show you a few of mine. And some of you probably like, pastor's crazy when that man thinks anything is possible. I'm going to show you why. Because my life verses frame the way I think, the way I pray, and the way I live. There's a reason why I live the way I live. Watch these life verses. Here it is. You need to get your own life. You need a life verse. I promise you, plus it's easy, Joshua. I promise you what I promised Moses. Where, watch me. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I've given you. Amen. Pastor, y'all go take over Maryland? Let me get this. Let me help you understand. This is what God has promised, okay? This is, this is it. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land. You really believe that? Let me help you again. Hold on, because you're not listening. I promise, says the Lord, wherever you set foot, you will be on land. I've given you. But y'all ain't got no money. Let me get you to understand this one more time, because you're not hearing me. You're not, you're not understanding the power of his promise. My next life verse, Joshua 1.5. Y'all, right? Y'all need some life verses. Here it is. I love this one. And no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. That's right. That's right. Get you a life verse. Joshua 1.6. This is a leadership verse for me. Joshua was leading 2 million people. Watch this. God said, be strong and courageous for you are the one. I got that up in my office right now. And I read it every day. You need to read it every day. You are the one who will lead these people. This one ain't even about me. This wasn't even about Joshua. You're the one who will lead these people, watch this, to possess all the land I swore to their grandmom, their granddad, their great-grandparents, I would give them. See, there are certain things that God promised your, your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents that, that they did not receive from Christ. So right now, I have to stand guard as long as you're at this church to make sure that you receive what God promised your ancestors long ago. We're in this thing together. We're, we're in this thing together. So, so this is what they're saying to me, y'all. I got to work out. I got to eat healthy. I got to keep teaching. I got to keep preaching. I got to keep loving. I got to keep developing because of what God has for you. It's a life verse. And you got to commit yourself to stuff like this. Because when it gets hard, you got to go back. You got to say, yeah, it's crazy. And it's hard. And I'm busy. And I'm tired. But this is a life verse. And I'm committed to it. That's right. And the word of God pops every lid off your life.